Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory-Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today, we welcome Cara Richardson-Whiteley. And throughout Cara's childhood, it was a lot of turning to a pantry as a hideaway and comfort to escape from traumatic experiences. By the time Cara finished college, she was 360 pounds and felt weighed down even more by her low self-esteem. Later, Cara decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, despite the fact that she was the largest woman on the mountain and had to sew two pairs of hiking pants together so that they fit. Only 45% of hikers even make it to the summit. But Cara's drive to prove to herself that she could accomplish whatever she set her mind to to push her to the top. Since then, she has written two books about her journey to self-acceptance, including Weight of Being, which was released in July of 2018, and also Cara has been featured on Oprah's Life Class and Good Morning America. Welcome, Cara. Hi. Good morning. We are so thrilled to have you here because you have accomplished so much, more than most people in a lifetime. Can you just begin today with our other women listeners sharing about your struggles with weight and depression in your youth and how that same mindset and relationship with food kind of carried on then into your adulthood? Sure. You know, my complicated relationship with food began when I was about nine years old, or at least that's the first time I really remember it being the thing that really soothed what was going on. My parents were on the verge of divorce, and so I would literally hide in the pantry as they were screaming on, you know, the outside of there. And then it took a really dark turn when I was 12 years old and I was sexually assaulted. And the way that I got out of the situation was by offering the guy something to eat, which sounds so strange and unusual, but it makes a lot of sense now that I look at it and know that, you know, that's the only thing that made me feel good at the time. And after that point, it became, you know, of course it was the thing at the time that got me out of some really horrible feelings and horrible situations, but then it became the everything. And like any kind of vice or addiction, it it became all-consuming. And so I went through life always binging through the highs, the lows, and the more that I struggled with binge eating disorder, now, now we have an actual name for it, it's not just an issue of weight, the more I pushed myself away from the things that I really love to do, like hiking. Wow. And that brings us, your first hike on Mount Kilimanjaro was with your husband, and you were about 100 pounds lighter, but then you decided to hike the mountain again years later. Can you sort of tell us what your thought process was there and, and why that all occurred? Sure. When I was about 30 years old, I started to look at my life and say, you know, that, I mean, I knew there was this spark inside of me because I would get these adventure travel catalogs in the mail, you know, those ones with glossy pictures of the Alps and Machu Picchu and Kilimanjaro. And I would always say to myself, I'm going to do that when I lose weight. And everything was followed by that clause, you know, like I, I'm going to buy new, a whole new wardrobe when I lose weight. I'm going to go to the doctors when I lose weight. I'm going to I'm going to get a new job when I lose weight. And turning 30 was a real turning point for me and where I, I started to think like, well, no, I, I'm not getting any younger. So I need to start, you know, hiking if I want to hike and, and explore these gorgeous places on, on earth. And so at the time, it was really difficult because 
I didn't even fit into the hiking world. I, I would go to a place at REI and EMS, and, and the socks would even be too tight for me. So I got myself a water bottle because I felt like I was fitting the mold if I had something that was a part of this culture. And so I live in New Jersey as well. So I would hit these really flat trails and I would do 20 minute hike. And that alone felt like such a huge accomplishment and mole hills led to mountains. And I found myself hiking the Grand Canyon all the way down and thankfully back up. I did Mount Mansfield in Vermont, which is the highest peak there. And I was looking for new adventures. And because I was I was moving so much, my body was feeling stronger. And I started to fuel myself in a much more productive way. I wasn't pushing down the emotions anymore. I was eating to hike. And so the thing that started happening very naturally is I started to lose a tremendous amount of weight. The kind of weight loss that everybody has to stop and ask you, oh my God, you know, what are you doing? You look incredible. And and people who wouldn't even look me in the eye before were suddenly holding the door for me, following me into the bathroom, asking me everything that had to do with my weight loss. And so as somebody who was sexually assaulted and had used weight to kind of cover, it was really uncomfortable. So I took on Kilimanjaro, and I also did it as a way to raise money for AIDS orphans in Africa. So that way, anytime somebody asked me a question about my weight loss, I could kind of change the conversation and say, well, here's how you can donate. To give you an idea of how much interest there was in my weight loss, my husband and I raised $12,000 for Global Alliance for Africa just by wow. that one hike. Wow. So huge. You know, I, I make it to the top of the mountain. It's a huge accomplishment. And when I returned home, all those people had another set of questions for me. What's your, what's your next adventure? What are you going to do next? And what I had in mind was another adventure that required a whole new set of gear. <laughs> I was going to have a baby. But during Aww. the time when I, was, when I was pregnant, I put on more than half of that weight back. So in a nine-month period, it all came flooding back because being pregnant can be terrifying. I wasn't sure what kind of mom I was going to be. Also, it messed with my body. I felt like so in control of my body. But then I... I would be the kind of person who had like my shoes right next to my bed and I couldn't even get out of bed to work out, you know? So I, I just started to feel like I was failing again and the binging started to creep right back in. I was so desperate to get back into that place where I was on top of the mountain again that I came up with this cockamamie plan with all these physical challenges that would end with a Kilimanjaro climb. And as much as I wanted to be back in that physical place, I was in such denial about my behavior and my binging that I even binged the night before that climb. I didn't even pack the proper gear. I brought the same pair of pants I wore the first time, even though I was three or four sizes bigger on my bottom half. And so obviously, I mean, spoiler alert for those people who want to read Gorge, I didn't make it up the mountain. After I returned that, that second time, this epic fail, uh, you know, I didn't think that I was going to hike again. I mean, hike at all. I mean, forget Kilimanjaro. I didn't think I was going to hike ever again. And I started to isolate myself in the way that people who struggle with binge eating disorder often do. And I started to become kind of in my own cocoon of my own body. But I had a friend who was willing to hike the mountain and raise a dollar per foot with another friend, which is like almost $20,000 for Global Alliance for Africa. I had a cousin who was willing to raise $5,000. So there was like, if I, if I climbed, I could raise another 5000 So there was like $30,000 on the table for this charity that I absolutely loved. And so I started to think to myself, well, how can I say no? But the only way that I could say yes would be if I changed the conversation about this climb. 
this crime, if I did a third time, it wasn't going to be a punishment, you know, for being heavy. It was going to be a, a, a journey. It was going to rekindle what I love, my values, you know. I loved hiking, so I needed to get out there and actually do it. I needed to love myself where I was and go from there. Because so often when it came time to dieting and and things about my body, I always approached it from this hate, like, oh, I hate the way my thighs look, and I hate how tired I am right now, and I hate that I just ate that. But instead, I needed to approach it from my body knowing that I wanted to hike and feeling good about myself, good enough that I was going to get out and I was going to train that day. And it didn't matter if I lost a pound or not. I was going to push myself to the point where I could make it up to the top of that mountain. And so that's what the third climb was about. Tara, I can't tell you how many women are relating to what you're talking about so many times in life, um, whether it's binge eating or whatever our negative messages within our mind are, so many times we say, well, we'll do that when. Um, and I think that when word was so powerful that you used. You have such depth into your soul and your transparency. I, I, I'm sitting here mesmerized by your honesty, and I think that we as women can all relate to those downtimes. I know that throughout your journey, you've learned over the years to accept yourself and kind of let go of a lot of the past. In your book, you often talk about your struggles with dieting and binge eating, but what advice do you have for others in either the same situation or some type of an addiction that they might have that they're really having a hard time overcoming? As a a fellow woman, I'm I'm sitting here, and I, I can't thank you enough, and I encourage you to continue to share your message because I think that as when we need to hear, life is not perfect. And I think that with media and things, we often look and it all looks so perfect, and that's not the reality. But do you have advice you could give each of us today, women that maybe have a similar situation or are struggling with something else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me personally, it's about changing the conversation and, 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 and going beyond your own perceived limitations and, and others' limitations of you. But know that that doesn't have to be done alone because so much, at least when it comes to binge eating disorder, there's such a, a feeling like, oh, I can do this because you see so many commercials and ads about diet programs and you hear about somebody trying something, you know, and they lost 40 pounds, you know, and you start to get this idea that one can just start this and then end this by themselves. But in my case, it takes a whole team of people from enlisting my husband to understanding a little bit more about what I was struggling because he's like, he's like a marathoner. He eats like three square meals a day. He has no emotional attachment to food whatsoever. <laughs> but there's a whole education that comes in there. And, and in honesty, I mean, right now, right now, I, you know, I have to kind of redirect my mind because even if – I've done the work of, you know, I work with Eating Recovery Center, which is um, an eating disorders program, and talking about their binge eating program. I share my story all the time, but sharing for me is really healing. But know that, like, you know, that's part of my process. That's part of my own healing. But you don't have to do it by yourself. You shouldn't do it by yourself. There are so many professionals and people out there to help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. 
But the most important thing is you start to share it. Whether it's on paper at first or a mental health care professional, there are people out there who really do want to listen. And I think one of the best things that is happening right now in our culture is the idea that mental health issues are coming to the forefront in ways that have never happened before. For example, one of my favorite shows is This Is Us because it normalizes all the struggles. And I think, you know, in the upcoming episode, there's going to be something really big about, you know, antidepressants and, you know, the, the, the struggle is real and acknowledge it for yourself and, and know that others are willing to acknowledge it with you and share your journey with you and support you. I'm on Facebook. There's a group called Binge Eating Connection, which is a great place for people to gather and just start conversations about what they're going through online. But start and have a community and a group of professionals who can really help you through. Cara, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You have such an amazing journey and you have shared so much of your inner soul with us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, and never stop sharing your story because I I can't tell you how many other individuals you're going to help along in your journey. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for letting me share my story and and sharing about Gorge and and Weight of Being. I I hope that people find inspiration no matter what they're Mm -hmm. struggling with in those those stories. But I, I thank you for having me today. And Weight of Being, I think people are going to be running out to buy your book and I don't blame them. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you again for our listeners for tuning in today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcast app and follow us on SoundCloud, Podbean, and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.